And welcome back into the Blue Horseshoe Pod. Make sure you are downloading and subscribing to the show and tell your coach friends about us. We both would really appreciate it. So, George, coming off of that intriguing, I guess we'll, we'll say for lack of a better word to put it nicely, press conference on Monday that the Colts introduced Jeff Saturday and really was the most part a grilling of Jim Mercy more than anything else. I think Jeff Saturday had like two or three questions directed his way. It was actually kind of ironic. Um, with that said, is it fair to right now, when you look around the landscape of the NFL, all 32 teams, is it fair to say right now the Colts are the most dysfunctional NFL team currently? It's hard to think of anybody else. And it's it's really funny to say that because Carolina's pretty dysfunctional right now. Uh, you know, they, they've got quarterback problems. They 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 they're going through their own coaching search. Uh, but it still feels like there's more of a play in there. There's more of a goal that they're trying to reach. Uh and, and that they I think they feel like if they're able to get Bryce Young or, or CJ Stroud or Hen and Hooker or whoever that might be that that they'll be right back on the path. This right now feels like it's more than just a quarterback away. You know, I don't think I think Matt Ryan being in there kind of showed that it's more than just a quarterback away. Um, and it, yeah, it, it's hard to say. I mean, Cleveland's dealing with with the Deshaun Watson situation, uh, and, and so there's that level of dysfunctionality there, and, and the Cardinals. And their quarterback was yelling at their head coach coming off the field. So there's a level of dysfunction there. But I still think even with all this going on, the Colts are in the upper quartile of the upper quartile <laughs> of, of dysfunctional teams right now. Um, you will see. I, I think the, the fact of the matter is the only way you fix this in this league is winning. I think that's why it's an interesting situation. We talk about them being rudderless and directionless. The more they lose, the better draft pick they get, the more some people are going to celebrate that with good reason, the more they're going to look dysfunctional to everybody else on the outside. It's it's a bad situation to be in. I'm with you. I, I think the Colts are by far this year the most dysfunctional team in the NFL currently because you just look like part of it is like there's like no direct, like we don't know what they are trying to accomplish. Like Carolina, you mentioned they fire Matt Rule even before you know uh, the Colts fire Frank Reich. You have PJ Walker back, uh, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold kind of all fumbling over the, the starting quarter position. But you hire Steve Wilkes, who's on the staff already. At least he has an opportunity to win the job. He has had coaching experience before. And the Panthers, to their credit, at least they've been quiet ever since they fired Matt Rule. There's really they're not in the discussion whatsoever. You have you know, the commanders, but Dan Snyder's Dan Snyder, and to Ron Vera's credit, for the most part, when it comes to on-the-field um, play and organization, they are quiet for the most part. They're not in the headlines a lot. And the Jets are actually turning around, have a good defense, and kind of figuring it out. The Browns, like you mentioned, there was a lot of dysfunction in the offseason because of what they did with Deshaun Watson. But again, they are not panicking, so they're a slow start. They have Jacoby Brissett. They, they had a plan, and to their credit, whether you agree with it or not, to hold their discussion. They are at least following their plan. They're not panicking. They're not firing coordinators or firing Kevin Stefanski or benching Jacoby Brissett because things are not going, you know, as swimmingly as they thought. We look at where the Colts, like you mentioned, they came in with high expectations. They 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 talked about Matt Ryan being there for two years, bench him after seven games. A week after they bench Matt Ryan, they fire the offense coordinator, Marcus Brady. A week after they fire Marcus Brady, they, they fire Frank Reich, and now they hire Jeff Saturday. You are going to have two different quarterbacks. You're going to have Sam Ellinger who's already project as it is having three different offensive coordinators technically by title in three weeks. That is the definition of, of, of dysfunction. You know, like they just, they don't know what they're doing. It sounds like Jim Mercy is like blindly just kind of, you know, picking or hitting buttons up, uh, fire this guy, promote this guy, Let's hire Jeff Sider. What the hell? They don't know what they're doing. Like you mentioned, it, it's fixed when you get a quarterback and you hopefully get on the winning track. But right now the Colts have, Here's why I think they're the most dysfunctional because they don't have any sort of path. They're not telling you what their plan is to get back on the winning track. It's just kind of like, 
ah, we don't really know where we're going. We'll see where the wind takes us. And that's never a, a way you get back to winning. Yeah, I mean, Chris Ballard was one of the most coherent and, and, and defiant things that was said during that whole press conference last night was Chris Ballard saying, everyone's firing in the towel on us and we won't throw in the towel. He's still talking about trying to be a playoff team, you know, and, and that's why I talk about this function. No one in Carolina is saying, hey, you know, they're, they're in a bad division. Everybody knows that. But nobody in Carolina is saying, hey, we're, we're you know, playoffs are a real possibility. We're, we're chasing this. Uh, no. And like you said, in Cleveland, the start's not what they expected, but they, they had a play in all year. They're executing that play and they're sticking with it. They think Deshaun's going to get them back in the mix. They might be right. We'll see. Uh, we could, if we had a Cleveland pod, we could discuss whether <laughs> quarterback coming off a two year absence is going to turn you around in the last couple of weeks, but that's not our problem. Uh, you know, it's, I, again, it's this rudderless sort of, you've got Chris Ballard over here defiantly saying, you know, don't give up on us. We're not giving up on anything. And then you've got Jim Ursay saying like literally minutes before that, I'm happy he has no experience. I'm happy he doesn't have any fear. I don't know how those things marry together. It's been that way all along. All of these moves, one doesn't offset the other. It, generally firing Frank Reich would mean you know, at this point in the season, okay, we think we have a chance. We're going to try to catch fire. We're going to try to go to the playoffs. But answering that with hiring Jeff Saturday is more of a, eh, we're going to evaluate things and see how they are moving forward move. And like you just mentioned, like you outlined it perfectly. No one's on the same page. No one knows what they're doing. The The owner has maybe an idea of what they want to accomplish. The GM has another. Jeff Saturday has, has in a, his own idea. And that all could run counter to what, again, could be the long-term health of the Colts. And we kind of mentioned it on the emergency pod. These next two months are going to determine kind of the, the Colts' future for the next five years, I think, bare minimum. Because, you know, we mentioned before that the higher the draft pick, if you hit on that quarterback, that all of a sudden changes your luck. And that's also part of it, too, when it comes to this function, George. If you get a quarterback, I think that drastically changes your perception now moving forward. Because... I think for a long time, and it's true for the most part, right? They always say the fish rots from the head down. And usually anytime we talk about dysfunction in sports, it 95% of the time starts with the owner. But to at least Jim Mercer's credit, for how long he has been there, this the Colts were never really a dysfunctional team outside the last year or so, really, when he's kind of openly talking about Carson Wentz and kind of, you know, that really where it's, the whole Carson Wentz was really kind of where it started, where Jim Mercer kind of started talking, you know, bad about his team and kind of, talking against what Frank Reich and Chris Ballard were saying. But when Peyton Manning was there, when Andrew Luck was there, they had their faults, don't get me wrong, in terms of the roster and stuff like that. But everything was, at least, there was no drama. There's no questions. And there was, obviously, the direction was 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 easy to know. Now, it's like, you don't have a quarterback. It's like everyone's losing their mind. And Jim says, whether it's a lack of patience or, or just going crazy because five different guys in five years, like, that is the bigger key, I would say, than even just the owners, just the lack of a quarterback right now is hurting this team more than anything else. A thousand percent. And I think that's where it's coming from. I think quarterback purgatory is a tough place to be. It it, it drives people insane. Uh, it's, the, it's the hardest thing to do in the NFL to go through it. Um, I mean, look at the Bears. They've been in it for a hundred years, you know, and, and now it looks yeah. like there's a, a hope that 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 Josh Field Justin Fields. Josh Fields would be a whole different situation, <laughs> uh, but it, the Justin Fields is trying to, to, you know, to to put some light at the end of that tunnel, and 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 it's changing the perception of that franchise. I mean, with him playing well in the last two weeks, think about how differently the Bears are viewed now than they were, say, going into New England. Uh, even losing to Dallas, he played a really good game. Losing to Miami, he played a really good game. There's hope for the future there now, and it changes the whole way you view it. To me, the best example of this and, and how a quarterback changes things is the Bengals. 
I mean, there was yeah, dysfunction, you know, completely the, the definition of NFL dysfunction. They draft Joe Burrow, they give him Jamar Chase, they go to the Super Bowl. No one's talking about the Bengals being dysfunctional anymore. It's all about that position, that guy, uh, you know, carrying the, carrying the load. And I do think I felt for a little while now that that's part of this. The Jim Irsay is the stress of quarterback perch because he really look the man took over control of this franchise in 1995. So for the most part, his quarterbacks, as far as up until, you know, a couple of years ago when, when Andrew Luck retired, the guy who was the full-time starter, the franchise quarterback, if you were, were Jim Harbaugh, a brief period, Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. So yeah, Not you've bad. had Curtis Painter in there and you've had guys around there. You know what I mean? But he's never really had to deal with what he's dealing with right now which is not having an answer at that position and not having a ready solution available. Uh, and so you've seen them kind of cycle through the veterans. That's not work. I don't think, you know, I have no idea what's moving forward, you know, is going to happen here, but I don't think that they're going to go for another veteran quarterback. I think that's one thing we can safely rule out. I think they're going to try to draft their guy now. Uh, if they do end up with another veteran quarterback, it's going to be because all other options were exhausted. Uh, and, and I think that's where they're at now. That's where they've got to be. But I think part of that is, again, many, many strengths for Jim Irsay. Patience has not been one of them. I don't know if he had the stomach uh, for, for a complete rebuild. Uh, and I think that's part of why you saw the, the move go the way it did now. But I think now you kind of need that. You know, I think they're at a point. But again, I think people would feel better if they just come out and say that. Say, hey, look, you know what? We tried it. We've hit a wall. We're going to start over from ground zero. Um the problem right now is they're not committed to that either. And that's – you're 100% right, George. If if people had an idea of what the Colts are trying to accomplish, it makes this entire situation less of a clown show than it already is because you now, in hiring Jeff Saturday, having the press conference the way they did, the Colts' perception right now is that they are the most dysfunctional team in the league you know, throughout the entire NFL nationally. And it only hurts – their ability to to get a good head coach you hope to come into Indy because it's like, you're right, the, the best way right now for this team to turn around is get a quarterback. Well, the best way to get a quarterback is to lose as many games as possible and get as high of a draft pick as possible. I do think the attractiveness of the Colts is tied to where they're picking in the draft. And if they're picking fifth, it's a whole hell of a lot more attractive for a potential candidate than if they're picking 13th, right? So the goal is to lose as many games as possible. But when now you hire Jeff Saturday out of the blue to be your head coach you now have, you know, reporters like, let's say, Kimberly Martin. does a great job for ESPN as a national reporter. She was texting NFL executives yesterday, and some of the words that she tweeted out that they were texting her, mockery, insanity, chaos. Talking about the Colts right now and hiring uh, Jeff Saturday. The Athletic did an article as well uh, from a national perspective, and they talked to executives as well, and they're kind of, you know, hinting at similar and using similar verbiage. Talking about the Colts. So the Colts right now are an absolute circus, in part because you hire Jeff Saturday out of the blue. And it's like the more they lose, while that helps them, also at the same time, it almost hurts them in a way because it only makes this circus more laughable and only kind of hurts from a national perspective. I feel like their attractiveness when it comes to some, you know, attractive head coach, uh, coach candidates that we'll get in here in a second. But you want to hire obviously the best and, and you need a really good head coach to help turn this team around. But it's also hard to get a good head coach in town when right now you are perceived to be a circus, as we know, perception is reality. And the more they lose, while it does help them, it almost does kind of help drive that perception into reality. If this team is rudderless and a total joke. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I was kind of getting at earlier. You know, I mean, I think there's a lot of people who just looked at the firing of Frank Reich and thought that wasn't the right thing to do 
uh, at this point in the year that, that you're technically you're still in a playoff race. Spiritually, you're not. You know, realistically, you're not. But mathematically, you are. And so you're giving up on the season, you know, with with eight games to go. And then you you follow that up with what was a slap in the face to the coaching staff. I mean, I don't think there's any other way to to really phrase that than then, you know, that hiring Jeff Saturday from the outside at this point is a slap in the face to the guys that you had in the building. Uh, and so I think people from the outside are, are definitely looking at that as, as a negative when Tony Dungy is saying things, you know, b- poorly about this franchise, things are going really bad because he's a guy yep. who will do everything in his power not to do that, to find the silver lining. So when he's going out on national radio shows and saying, yeah, this might not be the best thing to do. Uh, I can only imagine what people who already had a negative opinion of Jim Mercer are saying, you know, I, I think there's some unfair views of him out there uh, based on some things he's done in his past uh, that, that now are going to be emphasized. I mean, let's just, I'm not, I'm not, look, I'm just trying to be real right now. No, you're right. going to be people bringing that stuff back up and, and trying to say that, you know, this is a reason not to be around this franchise. And the only way out of it like quickly is to win. And I think that's why I, I, it's so hard to understand what's going on now. You make moves like this and you stand behind them. That's great. That part of it, they've done right. You know, there's no doubt. Jim Mercy's standing behind this. He's owning this, you know, but it, it only matters if you win. If you lose, uh, then it, it just looks even worse that, than it did at the moment it was the decision was made to begin with. And last thing I'll say here, George, is like the firing of Frank, like it's like the firing, everything that happened the last 24 hours with this team, uh, head coach, it reflects how this year has gone. One step forward, like three steps back. We weren't surprised with Frank Reich being fired again. I thought they were, he would be fired at the end of the year. We both talked about him being a dead man walking. Okay, make the move after week eight, after what was an awful, lifeless performance. Okay, fine. Or, or week nine, I should say. Excuse me. Fine. But also at the same time then, if you hired anybody on the staff internally, if you hired Reggie Wayne, I don't think that the Colts from a national perspective are really being mocked that much. Everyone kind of saw the Frank Reich firing coming. It's like if you promoted anyone from within, you, you anyone. Fine. Okay. You, you see what that's just a normal move, but to bring Jeff Saturday in, even if the record is the same between, let's say if it's, if Reggie Wayne is the coach, let's say the Colts are, I don't know, four 13 and one or four 12 and one, I should say. Right. And if the record is the same with either Reggie Wayne, the coach or Jeff Saturday, the coach, I think the perception is worse because, because Jeff Saturday is a coach compared to if he was hired internally and just, you know, made an interim coach, uh, a, a less, controversial hire then again you bring someone out of the blue out of the studio to be the head coach absolutely and that's why i said i think you have to win now because if you if you if you had promoted reggie wayne for instance uh which would be a very similar move in terms of experience right. and, and who the guy is and and all those sorts of things uh first of all me would love it because we would love to have reggie uh in front of us every week just because of you know he's he's, he's one of the all-timers as far as talking to us goes uh but that you know that aside i i think you're 100 right it's there would have been some questions and there would have been really him instead of this guy or or this other guy but at least he was on the staff he's been around uh, it wouldn't have been anywhere near the level that it is right now uh, bringing Jeff Saturday out of the ESPN studio and and, and putting him in, the, in, the, in that seat. Um, and, and again, I think the record would be viewed completely differently because it would be more traditional. I think there still would have been criticism. I think you'd still have people saying, really, not Gus Bradley, really, not John Fox. Uh, but it wouldn't be anywhere near this level. Uh, it would be much right. more along the lines of, well, okay, let's see what Reggie's got. He's been there all year. He's done a really good job with the receivers. I think they've all come along. I think everyone would kind of agree with that. They, they've exceeded – 
uh, the expectations for them coming into the year. So, you know, hey, why not? There, there's there's a reason to promote Reggie Wayne to this spot. Uh, and if you went 4-12-1 and one with him, there would be a lot of feeling of, hey, you gave it a shot. He did his best. It didn't work out. Now, making this move, when you when you go this unorthodox, this unprecedented, Aaron, again, our, our great producer, saying the only time this has happened is 1960s with Norm, Norm Van Brocklin. You know, when you do this kind of a thing, it better work. You better win. Because now when you lose, it looks like you don't know what you're doing. You know what I mean? It, it goes from that was a bad decision to that was a insane decision. Why would you ever do that? And now, again, I think wins hurt this team in terms of, like, you know, bringing mm -hmm. a good head coaching candidate in. Because, again, the, the higher the draft pick it is, I think it's, you know, it's less attractive for a potential guy. Because, again, part of the allure for the Colts would be, hey, you're going to, you know, get a, a, you know, we'll be able to pick your guy. You'll be able to mold him and you'll kind of, you know, you two will be able to get plenty of time here to work it out and you will have your guy quarterback. Again, to your point, now it's almost like you, in order to make the Colts less of a laughing stock, you have to win, which then in turn makes the draft pick worse, which in another way makes the Colts, you know, unattractive. So it's like, even when you do the right thing and fire Frank Reich and kind of wave the white flag on the season, I don't care what Jim Mercer will say or not, and Chris Ballard could talk about it. They wave the white flag, wave the white flag on the season. Now it's like you put yourself in a position where it's a lose-lose either way. Either you win games, you get a worse draft pick, and you make it less attractive, or you lose games, you're truly a total you know, clown show, and you appear more dysfunctional than maybe you actually are, and that's a turnoff for you know prospective head coaches that you know could really help you know be a good fit here. So it's like a lose-lose situation, just like this entire season, George. They make one nice play, they have one nice win, and they find a way to, to screw it up and, and take two major steps backwards. It is the, the, the Colts are on theme. I'll give them credit. At least they, they are consistent. They are very consistent. And this year, it's been a whole lot of consistently bad decision-making, consistently bad play. And, that, and it goes back into that directionless idea that we've been talking about all day. You know, you've got a situation now where you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, and it's working at even this own decision with Jeff Saturday is working against itself. So, and now you also have me sad that Reggie Wayne's not the interim head coach. So thanks for that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That would be a lot of fun to be electric to see his press conferences. That is for sure. So speaking of the Colts attractiveness for head coaching uh, candidates, let's do a little realistic or unrealistic, George, a few popular names that are thrown out. There's already some odds um, out there for the next Colts head coach. So we'll discuss the real, you know, realistic names and some of the pipe dreams, can they actually be in Indy next season? We'll do that when the Blue Horseshoe Pod does return.